Allow me to begin with two truths and a lie regarding mail-in voting. First of all, mail-in voting poses a threat to the integrity of our elections. That's true. The Bipartisan Commission on the Federal Election Reform concluded in 2005 that, quote, absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Now, the left will tell you, well, Jimmy Carter never said that, but Jimmy Carter was on that commission. Jimmy Carter agreed to that particular quote being instated in the conclusion of that commission's report. Again, absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. That's true. Second, mail-in voting is a threat to the secret ballot. Oh, that too is true. The voting booth allows us to vote our conscience in private without pressure from friends and family, whereas mail-in ballots eliminate this opportunity. Moreover, some voters designate the right to harvest or collect their ballots for others. States actually allow this, as you'll hear in this edition of Hidden Headlines. And then number three, Mail-in voting is safe because our voter rolls and databases are always up to date. This is a lie, an absolute lie. The Pew Center on the States, and the Pew Center for Research, by the way, is certainly, for the most part, left-leaning. The Pew Center on the States found that, quote, approximately 24 million, that's one of every eight voter registrations in the United States, are no longer valid or are significantly inaccurate. And more than 1.8 million deceased individuals, dead people, are listed as voters. What a joke. Oh, so many truths and so many lies. Coming up in this special edition of Hidden Headlines, including an interview with Dr. Charlie Self, Dr. History, from my radio show. It's all just ahead on Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. And welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom, episode number 74. I'm your host, Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. Just 20 years ago, 20 years ago, a presidential election was decided by 537 votes. 105 million were cast in the United States of America. There were 537 votes that tilted the election in the favor of George W. Bush. He beat the darling of the left, Al Gore. That's right, Mr. Climate Change himself was beaten by George W. Bush. And George W. Bush went on to a re-election, and for eight years you had the left saying, not my president. I'll tell you this right off the bat. Donald Trump is going to win this election. And for the next four years, you will hear the cry, not my president. But let's get back into this. I'm going to cite for you examples of voter fraud all over the country, and then we'll hear from Dr. History. Let's go to the New York congressional primaries in April of this year. 84,000 mail-in ballots were disqualified 
for failure to comply with technical requirements. 84,000. These are mail-in ballots, not absentees. These were mail-ins. There's a big difference, as I'll explain. And it's all because of COVID. Because of COVID. And I'll talk to Dr. History about this. In 1864, we were in the midst of a civil war. Guess what? There were no mail-in ballots. There was no extra voting time. Everyone showed up on the polls on election day to vote during a civil war. Large-scale mail-in voting, the likes of which we've seen in this election, provides an open invitation to voter fraud. And voter fraud, in various forms, as you'll learn, is a well-established American tradition, especially in the part of big city Democrat political machines. And I'll repeat something I said in the open. Absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Now, a lot of people credit that with uh, Jimmy Carter. And you'll hear these leftist organizations say, Jimmy Carter never said that. That's a lie. Well, he may not have been the one to have said it, but certainly he signed his name to the commission report where that was quoted. The Bipartisan Commission on Federal Election Reform in 2005. But let's continue here. Let's continue. Let's talk about voter rolls. Voter rolls are notoriously outdated. 10% 10 of Americans move each year. There's a potential for multiple ballots to be sent to a single address for those who are no longer residents or who have died. This is especially true in apartment complexes. There are people who have been hired by the Democrat Party who go door to door looking for all of the ballots. And they're paid to do so. And they collect or harvest those ballots and then fill them out accordingly. Now, to her credit, do you remember Tulsi Gabbard? Tulsi is a congresswoman from Hawaii. She is a, a former member of our military. She ran for president and just was completely blown out in the primaries. Why? Uh, listen, she's an attractive candidate, by all means. And as a Democrat, somewhat level-headed on many issues. She was blown out so fast. Why? Because she's level-headed on many issues, including ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting. She introduced a bipartisan bill in Congress with Rodney Davis from Illinois that sought to eliminate ballot harvesting, which they said in their congressional bill, quote, allows third parties to collect and deliver ballots for other people, potentially for large numbers of people. That congressional bill, of course, went nowhere. And might I just add her congressional her her political career is going to go nowhere beyond congress because the left does not like her she's gone a bridge too far a recent project veritas expose uncovered widespread vote harvesting fraud in congressman ilian omar's somali community in minneapolis oh does that surprise you these are videos project veritas you can go to their website and see them one interviewee in one interview boasts of 300 absentee ballots in the trunk of his car. It's on video. Another shows cash being exchanged for an absentee ballot. It's on video. And the purchaser, the purchaser stating, 
When I fill it out, I'll bring it back for you, for your signature. Two witnesses in these Project Veritas videos describe a well-financed vote-buying operation as being an open secret in that Somali community. Listen, in certain states, harvesting ballots is perfectly legal and doing it for a fee is being paid to do it is also legal. This is how corrupt the system is here in the United States of America. And I'll talk with this about Dr. History. My gosh, do you realize we are the only country in the Western Hemisphere that does not require an ID to vote? Mexico requires one. All the countries in Central America, all the countries in South America. Ballot harvesting. With ballot harvesting, paper votes are collected by intermediaries who deliver them to polling officials and then, well, presumably increasing voter turnout, but clearly creating opportunities for mischief. Let's go to my home state here of California. California politicians, the Democrats, rule California. There's no chance for anything to be done by Republicans in Sacramento. That's our capital. It's it's a Democrat state, top to bottom. There's no opportunity for Republicans to move any legislation forward in Sacramento. And that's why people are leaving here by the droves. But if the California Democrats had their way, the entire United States would operate the way California does. Because in 2016, Democrats quietly passed a law legalizing ballot harvesting. And as a result of that, House seats for the Congress in the Republican stronghold of Orange County flipped, thereby helping them win control of the House of Representatives. So let's talk about that for a moment, because in Orange County, which used to be a Republican stronghold, Orange County, California, just outside of Los Angeles, an estimated, an estimated 250,000 harvested ballots were dropped off on election day alone. A quarter of a million. One interaction caught by a Santa Clarita family's doorbell camera suggested how harvesting can work in practice. You've got to hear this. So in this particular case, the harvester, she did not know that she was on doorbell cam. She was being recorded. The harvester identified herself as Lulu. Lulu asked for Brandy. Brandy lived at that particular house. Lulu told Brandy that she was there to collect her ballot, and she explained that there is a new service, or I should say this is a new service, but only to, like, people who are supporting the Democrat Party. That was her quote. This is a new service, but only to, like, people who are supporting the Democratic Party. What an opportunity for coercion and fraud. Let's go to North Carolina. That's my state of California. Now let's go on the other side of the country to North Carolina. An absentee ballot requires a witness or second signature to verify the voter's identity. In Bladen County, the same people were signing as witnesses for numerous absentee ballots, which is, of course, a telltale sign of voter coercion. 
This was a telltale sign of harvest. In fact, one TV station interviewed a harvester who claimed she was paid by a local political operative named Leslie McRae Dallas Jr. between $75 and $100 a week to pick up completed absentee ballots. This is on the record. It was reported by a TV station never picked up by the networks. WBTV, WBTV, a Charlotte TV station, reviewed 796 official ballot envelopes in East Bladen County. The, re- the review identified 110 that were signed by two women who were listed as having been paid by a political action committee, a PAC, connected to the North Carolina Democratic Party. That's North Carolina. By the way, uh, they have specific names for these harvesters. It's not just going on in California and North Carolina. It's going on in many states. For example, in Florida, they're known as boleteros, boleteros. In Texas, they're called politiqueras. It identifies the population base they're going for. What a shame. In Florida, a Palm Beach Post investigation into numerous 2016 primary races uncovered significant evidence of voter fraud by Democratic candidates. Three Democrat candidates, County Commissioner Mac Bernard, State Representative Al Jaquette, and a candidate for State Senate, Bobby Powell, all ordered mail ballots on behalf of constituents, in many cases without those constituents' knowledge. Then they either filed the ballots out for them or had them file them out while the candidates were present in their homes. In other words, hi, how are you? I'm running for this particular office. Let me help you out with your ballot. By the way, all three of those candidates won on the strength of massive margins in the absentee votes. This is called fraud. Only 16 states regulate ballot harvesting at all, and their rules vary. Thank God there's at least one state where the voters have their heads on straight. Montana. Montana voters passed a state referendum banning, banning the collection of ballots by third parties. God bless you, Montana. So let's talk about vote harvesting, how it occurs. It occurs when third parties, like campaign workers, collect absentee ballots from voters and deliver them to election officials. Or nowadays, because of COVID, hey, let's do mail-in. You see, the Democrats are very clever. It started with Rahm Emanuel, who worked in the Bill Clinton administration. Rahm Emanuel famously said, Never let a crisis go to waste. That's a paraphrase. I can't remember the exact line, but never let a crisis go to waste. COVID-19 comes up. Ah, how can we take advantage of this? Whoa, coming up an election. Mail-in ballots. These people are like little demons. (laughs) Mail-in ballots. Believe me, I, I believe me. I believe there's more truth to what I said than you'll believe. Believe, believe, believe. Demons. But getting back to this particular podcast, they collect these ballots from voters and then deliver them to election officials. 
allowing individuals other than the voter or his family to handle these ballots. It's a recipe for mischief and wrongdoing. Vote harvesting. It gives party activists, campaign consultants, and other political guns for hire the ability to manipulate an election's outcome. And guess what? In many cases, these ballot harvesters are paid, and in some states it's perfectly legal to do this. Perfectly legal to do this! Neither voters nor election officials can verify the secrecy of the ballot and that it was not compromised or that the ballot submitted in the voter's name by a third party accurately reflects the voter's choices and was not fraudulently changed by the vote harvester. Can I tell you something here in California? If you drop off a ballot for somebody else, there's a signature that you have to place on the ballot. In this particular case, I dropped off the ballots for my 95-year-old in-laws, as well as my son who was out of the country. I dropped off their ballots. And there's a place on the ballot where, in this particular case, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my son, have to sign saying that I, Brian Sussman, was going to drop off the ballot for them. So I'm thinking, when I got down to the county building, I mean, somebody's going to be checking this out in person, right? They're going to make sure that I am who I am. And there's no fraud involved. But instead, I said, do you want to look at this? No, 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 just put it in the box. Just put it in the box. I could have been anybody. And do you really think at the end of the day, well, this is where the Trump administration is going to go and their lawyers, etc. We'll need to go through every ballot to match the signature on the ballot with the signature on their voter registration that's on file. Because there's such an opportunity for fraud here, it is absolutely ridiculous. And can I tell you, before any of this went down, you need to know this. Republicans have been squaring off in lawsuits over third-party collection of ballots in Pennsylvania. Team Trump has already been on the ground doing this. In Pennsylvania, Florida, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Legal action has already been procured. They were on the ground in those states because they knew that this was going to be a potential recipe for disaster. Of course, I live in California. There's the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. We call them the Ninth Circus. Incredibly liberal. That's been helped a bit by Donald Trump having replaced some of these liberals with more conservatives. But earlier this year, earlier this year, you don't even know this, earlier this year, they struck down a 2016 law passed by Republicans in Arizona that made it a felony for someone besides a voter's family member or caregiver to return an absentee ballot. In other words, the Ninth Circuit helped pave the way for any fraud that's going down in Arizona, in Nevada. Prior to this election, an easing of ballot collection rules was included in a new law that calls for automatically sending ballots to all active voters. In other words, whether you want one or not, you're getting one. Here's your vote. Here's your ballot. Hey, vote twice. Trump's re-election campaign, the Republican National Committee, and Nevada's GOP filed a lawsuit just a, just a couple weeks ago asking a judge to strike down that law. Of course, it wasn't struck down. 
In fact, Nevada's Democrat attorney general asked a judge to totally dismiss the lawsuit. A hearing was never held. That's why there are some potential problems going on in Nevada. Nevada's law does not include limits on how many ballots can be collected or restrictions on payment. In other words, in Nevada, and for that matter, other states, you can actually get paid to harvest votes. When I began my radio career in San Francisco on KSFO in 2001, my very first guest was Dr. Charlie Self. I called him Dr. History, and he became a weekly guest and very, very popular. Well, he should be popular. In his own right, he's incredibly well-educated. He has a Ph.D. in theology. He has a Ph.D. in history. He's a member of the very, um, well, may I say highbrow, Acton Institute, just a very bunch of smart people at Acton Institute. His website is drcharlieself.com. That's D-R, Charlie with an I-E, self, S-E-L-F, drcharlieself.com. He's the author of many wonderful books. So please welcome Dr. Charlie Self. Dr. Self, I want to get right into this. 20 years ago, there was an election that was decided by 537 votes. It was in Florida. It was all about Democrat corruption. Yes, and, and in, 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 in 2000, it was a very close vote. So there was no more or less fraud in 2000. What got exposed uh, was uh, obviously some of the imperfections in the system itself, but also the ability, without real neutral observation and careful oversight, the ability of partisan folks to uh, accept or reject ballots. Uh, in, in today's moment, we have other practices that are cause for concern, and they're cause for bipartisan concern over the last 15 years. So let's talk about 20 years ago again, because we have listeners who are saying, OK, what election are you talking about? That's when George W. Bush beat Al Gore again by 537 votes. And Al Gore was the darling of the left. They so wanted Mr. Climate Change to win the election and he was beaten by, quite frankly, a guy who wasn't a great candidate, George W. Bush. The other thing underneath it, though, is from that moment on, you can mark um, a change in rhetoric from the progressive side of questioning the legitimacy of any kind of process that puts, puts a conservative or a Republican in power. And for the next four years, you know, Bush was considered, you know, not my president by right. people. Right. And, and, and that's, that's important because we think 2016 was the beginning of that with Trump. But there, was a, there, there were predecessors to that. Well, I and contend, so I, yes, stealing yeah. it. I can, oh, now, well, you, you mentioned something that's very important. I contend, Dr. Self, that when Donald Trump wins this election, because it, it will be decided in his favor, you're going to get that line resurrected, not my president. Well, and, and, and Nancy Pelosi prepared the way for this, House Speaker Pelosi, calling a sitting Supreme Court justice illegitimate. So are you talking so, about Amy Comey Barrett? Yes. Okay. And this is, this is exactly what, what they do is they, on election evening, things were going in a Trump direction, very close, but going in that direction, and suddenly things paused and stopped. Yes, and it was and amazing because it, they paused and stopped in several different states at once. 
And then when the votes started to be recounted, though though it's certainly legitimate that some of them were urban votes, some of them were more heavily Democratic, mm-hmm. but on the, on the other hand, some of them were same-day, more Republican votes, so it was both sides. But when they went forward, the trend line completely uh, favored the Democrats in every state except Arizona, where the trend line to this moment is making it a much tighter race than the networks called. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's talk same for, goes for Nevada. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to I don't want to dismiss any of those. But how about this? Two thousand five, the report of the bipartisan Commission on Federal Election Reform, co-chaired by former President Jimmy Carter, very liberal, and former Secretary of State James Baker, who some would say you know is is a rhino, but you know on more on the conservative side. But I, I'm reading a quote. From that particular commission, absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Now, there are many publications on the left that that will say, oh, Jimmy Carter never said that. Well, this is from the report. Absentee ballots remain the largest source of potential voter fraud. Now, this was before mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots, Charlie, as you know, are a relatively new concept, correct? Yes, they are, and there's a, people need to know the difference. An absentee ballot has been requested by an approved registered voter. Mm-hmm. Mail-in ballots go out to everyone, and some who still need to register and some who are registered. Uh, the other thing, and what's underneath that report, which I, along with you I have read, and others, underneath it too, is the inability of so many uh, just clear-thinking secretaries of state and others to try to uh, just get the voting rolls to be clear and clean. The other thing that's very, very worrisome, mm-hmm. and that's ballot harvesting, where people can collect ballots and turn them in. They're, they're ostensibly doing a service to the elderly or the disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, and state laws are all over the place here. Most of them say it has to be a direct relative right. or a personally appointed person. Right. But we have we have folks being paid to pick up 100, 200, 300 ballots. Oh, and in California, of course, uh, this is part of the 2016 law, uh, which I've addressed prior to you coming on. But the idea is it's completely legal in the state of California and the person collecting ballots can be paid to do so. But let's go back in time in 1864, because, again, your doctor history, this, this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We're in the midst of a civil war, and yet Americans still participated in a presidential election. But people still went to the ballot box on election day in large numbers to vote. So what's changed in this country? Why have we made it so easy for people to go to the polls? Well, I think what's gone on is COVID's become an excuse for the machinery to try to manipulate the process. If you're going to have a system other than in-person voting, you have got to be able on on an every year or two-year basis to clean up your roles. You've got to have the technology and tracking in place, and you've got to make sure that it's one person, one vote, Get, you know, getting into the system. And then when the votes themselves are tallied or counted, you have to have bipartisan observation. But speaking of that point, Charlie, 
in Philadelphia, for example, that's the big story right now. Oh, they were allowing Republican observers at the polling place, but those observers were observing from some 30 feet away. That's garbage. And, and you know, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'll tell you what else is garbage. This move afloat to get underage and non-citizens the ability to vote. If it's happening in California, that means it's going to spread elsewhere. But your thoughts? This is the next trend you're going to see. You're already seeing it at the local level, allowing non-citizens to vote on school boards or city councils. Um, they, they, they know they can't push it forward at the federal level yet, um, but it's, 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 sort of the, it's sort of the election version of local Sharia in Europe is coming to America in the elections. And then there's something else we have to talk about, Charlie. For crying out loud, we are the only country in the Western Hemisphere that does not require a voter ID. They require it in Mexico, Central America, South America, Canada, but not in the U.S. of A. Well, and I think I want to quote several conservative African-American leaders who basically, when people want call that voter suppression, there's a huge difference between Mississippi in 1964, where a local clerk could simply deny you the right to vote, right. and asking for some form of ID, because those same people can't go and, and purchase adult beverages or get on an airplane or do any other kind of business without that ID. And, and I'll, be, I'll be really frank, I don't want a national voter ID if possible. I want the states to clean up their act because I like having the last vestiges of a federation of states and a republic and not, and not a 51% democracy. But are you, and, are you hopeful? Well, you're always hopeful. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I tend to lean pessimistic, so somewhere between the two of us, folks will find yeah, what they're looking for. But I'm, I just I don't see that. I think we've passed that point. It's, we're past the point of no return on that, Dr. History, but I'll let you have the final word on that. I, we may be. Um, I, I, I think we're going to have to solve the ID issue. We're going to have to solve the citizenship <sighs> issue. We're going to have to end the ballot harvesting issue. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to, and again, back to the good news about the election, with most people being centrists, the Republicans retaining the Senate, gaining seats in the House that right. nobody expected, right. and the possibility still of a Trump win, uh, this, is, this is an utter repudiation. It is a repudiation, and Charlie, I am, I am convinced that evil is going to be exposed and uprooted. Thank you so much for being a part of Hidden Headlines. Hey, it's great to be part of this with you, Brian. All right, one more bit of history for you on Hidden Headlines. Back in 1917, there was an election. Oh, it was a free election, a free election. Vladimir Lenin was on the ticket, the first dictator of Soviet Russia. The left in this country has been playing from a playbook written by Vladimir Lenin. Vladimir Lenin was a disciple of Karl Marx. I write about it extensively in my books Eco-Tyranny and Climategate, and it's very well sourced. Vladimir Lenin held free elections in Mother Russia. Now, this is very important to me, and I'll tell you why. Because my grandfather and his parents, that would be my great-grandparents, who I never knew, 
smelled something in the political winds prior to 1917. And they shipped their sons to America. First came my grandfather. He was only 13. The admonition was, go to America, learn the language, make money, send for your brother. He was 13. His parents wanted him out. They smelled something abrew. These communists were everywhere. So in 1917, it, there, there, was a, there was a free election. It was the first free election in Russia. Lenin, Vladimir Lenin said, we're going to have a free election and all votes will be equal. Every citizen will be heard. The election was scheduled. A number of political part parties were provided to allow the voters a choice. And, and in fact, Lenin's party promised peace, land, and bread. Guess what? The party, the Bolsheviks, only garnered 23% of the vote. But after the polls closed, there was ballot stuffing, there were delays, there was all sorts of cheating. Under the dark of night, ballots were dropped, ballots were harvested, a number of shenanigans took place. And at the end of the day, it was Vladimir Lenin and his party winning. And that was the end of Mother Russia, and they became the Soviet Union. Now, friends, I know that many of you are praying. I know that many of you are fasting. I know some of you are not praying people. You're just good patriots filled with a sort of hope, and that's great. But now's the time to pray. You know, this nation, the United States of America, has been such a beacon of hope to the world like no other nation on the, in the history of the planet not just the aid we have provided in terms of food and goods, etc., not just the fact that we have propped up much of the world's economy, but here's the truth. Since the 1700s, since the 1700s, we have been sending missionaries with a message of hope in that of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We went to places where there would never be peace. We have went to places where there would never be a great economy. We have went to places all over giving them the hope that in Jesus Christ they could have life and life abundant, life and life eternal, with the message that he is the way, truth, and life. God, please, please spare this nation. Give us another shot. And in doing so, uproot the evil that has permeated this land. Those elites in high places in this country, may they be exposed for who they are and in the process thrown into prison, if that be the case. God help this administration. Truth, justice, please. That's the American way, correct? Please, Father. These are my prayers aloud to you. I know nothing else to do at this point but to pray. I don't... For those who cheat, if you succeed, the blood of countless unborn is upon you. Both in the near term, and I don't even want to think about what may be down the line. So I'm praying that we see victory. I'm praying that the truth is indeed exposed for what it is, and evil is uprooted. That's my passionate prayer. Thanks for letting me vent here on Hidden Headlines. Faith, family, freedom.
I'm Brian Sussman. More on me, more on me at briansussman.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, of course, God bless America. <laughs>